everybody out there in podcast land welcome to another episode of stuff our dad can't have a podcast of two sisters doing what we do best chatting up with each other talking about food and the history of that food giving all the sarcasm we can and teasing dear old dad with the he cannot have today we are talking about unsung heroes (laughs) yeah so as always, start off our podcast, we start off with a little randomish corner. And honestly, I had to drive this week to a conference three days in a row. And I'm trying to understand why people who are not going the speed limit get mad at me for going to speed limit. That's literally my rant. I, I don't understand. Is it people going slower than you or faster no, than faster. you? The speed limit is 55. Why are you trying to go 65? It's on, We're only going to the same red light. Like, I don't... What lane were you? I was in the slow lane. If I oh, am well, going to be going the speed... If I'm deciding that I'm going to speed limit today, I'm not getting pulled over for stupid stuff, especially in the rain. I'm going to stay in the right lane and I'm going to go the speed limit because I know the left lane is for faster drivers. Right. Why are you up on me? Like all three days, people were like up on me, like up on my bumper. I'm like, I'm in the Uh right lane though. Both plays on that word, the right lane and the correct lane. Like it's just, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Why can't you do what you're supposed to get over? Right. I mean, that's what they say. Slower traffic stay to the right. I have no issues. I have no issues with that rule. I respect it. And when I need to speed, I'm in the left, but I had yeah. no place I really needed to be on time or like, I didn't, it didn't matter if I was late early. I was just like chilling, but, oh, and like by the way, I work anymore. I know, but it was just the conferences, you know, it's like you go, you learn something, you go home. There's not like a big rush on anything. And I swear. And the other thing that pissed me off is the fact that there was no one beside me on the left. You could get in front of me. Oh, so they could faster. You like it. Yes. Each day this week, I'm like, is it me? Am I wrong? No, absolutely not. Why are you trying to make me go faster? You have all this space. Big facts. I don't I don't get people. I don't understand people. People be peopling. <sighs> Literally, that is my like is randomish <laughs> is more of just an anger corner of why can't you just get over? Like I'm in, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm in the right lane. I know I'm going to speed limit. Why can't you just go in front of me? And then you get in front of me and you slow down. Like I'm supposed to be upset about that. Oh, I'm like, okay. Choose I don't... and they raging on the wrong one. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm just going to get over and get in front of you and go right back to the speed limit. Cause we could, I have time to play these games with you today. I, I, but you got to uh, be careful playing games like that because people are stupid nowadays and they sh- down and I just would have stayed behind them and let them keep on rolling I would not have gotten well no I said I have no pro- I didn't do it because I was just like I don't have time to play this oh, game but I was like but I have I literally like, all I have all encourage this- the behavior yes I have I have nothing but space to do what you just did to me but clearly I'm reading the room like you know what Mm-mm. you feel better I guess I feel like you feel right. accomplished I don't I don't know maybe you needed a win today and this is your win I'm just gonna exactly and you let them win today so congratulations and good but I just my the thing I think that thing that drives that makes me laugh the most is when we meet up at the red light together I'm just like so you did all that speeding was it worth it to be at the same red light with me 
Right. <laughs> they upset. I'm laughing. <laughs> just like I don't know what to do. As long as I don't make yeah, eye contact, I think I'm safe. As long as I don't make eye contact with you while I'm laughing, do that little, <laughs> the little side laugh. You like, didn't want to oh. look over and just smile and say, like, hey, you remember me? No, I feel like that also leads to road rage. So <laughs> just turn my head and giggle. Like, all right, well, we both here at this red light. You got it, boo. We are both here hanging out. Sure. <laughs> so we had a little technical difficulty. We had to turn off the camera so Ashley's talking to a black screen. She's talking to a screen with Amber written on it. Kind of the same, but not really. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, <laughs> okay, so um, I have two random issues. Um, one's to do with traffic and the other one has to do with what people probably hear as background noise. I am in Charleston, South Carolina um, in the Doubletree Hotel. It was supposed to be the Embassy Suites, historic Charleston. Um, that didn't happen because that hotel is Yankee Jank, because I don't know what. And if you are coming down to Charleston and you need somewhere to stay, if you're staying with a tiny human, I would not recommend the Embassy Suites, historic Charleston. But if you're looking to be near all the stuff and you don't mind a questionable smell because you're drunk anyway, totally fine take the embassy suites historical <laughs> but if you need to not have um two inches in between the wall and the carpet where your child can stick their fingers <laughs> into the lord knows what stay somewhere else <laughs> so um but we're here in charleston because a good friend of my husband's um got frocked as chief today so um he is now chief forward instead of em1 forward which is pretty cool um and so basically for those who don't have to deal with frocking or defrocking as ashley mentioned earlier uh, uh, we basically you know in the military you wear insignia on your collar or on your chest that displays your rank and so a chief has um anchors and um petty class first second third officers petty class petty officers they have chevrons and so it's a pretty big deal when you go from being chief uh petty officer first class yep chevron to um wearing anchors being a chief and so um we're here for that and so if you're background noise it's because i'm in the hotel lobby where they have a little bit of a restaurant but apparently the lady who's the bartender for the restaurant she ain't nothing and she keeps giving me the evil laugh I don't know. I didn't pee in her cornflakes, I promise. But other than that, the double tree is quite nice. Just pardon the background into background noise. <laughs> um, so, so we got to eat a lot tonight. Tonight is our last night here, and we went to Rodney Scott's barbecue joint in mm-hmm. Charleston. 10 out of 10, do you recommend? The tiny guy destroyed the macaroni and cheese. As a matter of fact, he had two portions of macaroni and cheese. Nice. Um, <laughs> yes, he destroyed it love it uh, their pulled chicken was good and they have um their you know their their standard barbecue sauce called mm-hmm. the rodney sauce or whatever sent out it's and recommend i loved it it's a little liquidy so it's not like as thick as you might find for uh, a um, barbecue sauce 
it's vinegar based but it has like spices in it oh my god girl <laughs> i'm like hmm like Sounds i should have bought a i should have bought a 12 ounce bottle so that whenever we make full chicken at home i could just pour that all over it and just go to town because that thing hit um so yeah that's the randomish. that's why you hear background noise <laughs> no eye problems this week yay i still have my voice <laughs> but now we're in a hotel lobby with questionable internet um the other random ish for today goes along with ashley's random ish and that is zipper merge so ashley when you're on the interstate mm-hmm. and you have to merge into a lane i'm holding my hands up like you can see them you can't <laughs> <laughs> when you're when you have to merge um, how do you execute the merge? Do you zipper in between cars or do you get over super early and join the long line of people who are waiting to go, you know, on this exit or whatever? How do you merge? Uh, I never really thought about how I merge. <laughs> I would assume that I'm doing the zip. Mm. So if there are two lanes of traffic, and y'all all got to get, like, you're in the left lane, mm-hmm. and you're riding, and you need to get over to your right. Mm-hmm. Do you get over to the right early, or do you ride the lane until the merge happens, and then you get it over? Um, I would love to just get over when the space opens, but I typically get over early because people don't let you in around here. Wow. Those people are wrong, and they're the assholes today. Okay. <laughs> It is called a zipper merge and engineers created it because it's the best way to merge. You just need people to not be dicks. So a zipper merge, every, you know, like the two lanes are going. And then as you get to that point, you let one car over and then the car behind you lets a car over. So then you don't have a mile long line right. of people waiting to get over. And then that's when people get all, I'm not going to let you over. You should have got over earlier. And I'm just going mm-hmm. like, no idiot. You <laughs> should have got over later. Cause you're the dummy here. Yeah. No, I up here, here, they don't, they don't zipper. They think they probably think they're doing this. They're not. And it's they're just wrong. like, it's like, I, I don't want to deal with this. So I'm just gonna. Yeah. No, <laughs> I ride the lane. Depends on how I'm feeling at home there is a a metal plate on 164 you don't know where 164 is most of the people are listening don't know where 164 is (laughs) they might (laughs) there is a metal plate that um is in the right lane and so normally because in this particular situation it's a two-lane road and um the people in the right lane have to merge to the left and i am queen of riding that right lane and merging at the merge and zippering because that's what zippers do but that stupid metal plate if you go over it at the speed limit you will f up your car so Mm. now i'm stuck in the long line and i'm pissed about it and that plate is going to be there probably until winter for whatever reason it's like every six months there's a metal plate right there it's adorable. I don't know. I think there was some shoddy engineering on that bridge because it's oh, an overpass. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. every six Sorry. months. Hmm. <laughs> I yeah, got questions. I, I'm pretty sure it has to do with the heat. But yeah, it's adorable. So um, that's my random-ish. 
recording from a hotel lobby where I'm pretty sure the lady is mad that I'm just existing over here. Wow. And then just joining in Ashley with things that irks me about driving zipper merges next time you zip up your pants you look at how that thing zips <laughs> that's how you're supposed to merge it's just, just like idiots and we have a visual I love it <laughs> <laughs> but that's how you're supposed to merge that's literally how it's supposed to happen and the acceleration lane is for accelerating People who ride the acceleration lane at the speed limit drive me bonkers. Like it's, you have an acceleration lane and a deceleration lane. If you're getting onto the interstate, you accelerate, get up to speed and merge. Yeah. It's not that hard. I'm convinced uh, most of the people in America just barely got their driver's licenses because there's no way you read for comprehension. No, you're just trying to pass that test real fast. And then you immediately yeah, forgot what exactly. you read. And you obviously fail at the, the how to merge <laughs> question. That was okay. that was one of the what the three you could get wrong, you got it wrong. <laughs> right. Except nowadays there's a whole section because the the 16 year old, she took her driver's test, her learner's permit permit test back in January, and she failed the first time because they have a section where you have to answer all the questions right. You can't get one wrong. I thought that was the signs, the street signs. It, it's not just signs. Oh, they added to it. Okay. But yeah, you can't get any of the street signs wrong. But I didn't have that when I took my test. I did. That's how I failed well, <laughs> the first time. <laughs> oh my God. I don't. I don't recall having that, or maybe I just didn't care because I knew it. But um, she got one. It, maybe it was a street sign that she got wrong. Either way, she got one wrong. And when I tell you devastation, she was devastated. Okay, that's it for randomish for me today, I think. Yeah, I'm a little um, discombobulated. It's understood. So, you know what time it is. <laughs> it's your favorite segment. It's time to cosplay like a person. It's time to cosplay as a person who's got her shit together. Got the clap. Right. <laughs> All right, Amber. I'll start with how I adulted this week. And it may not sound like adulting, but it is adulting. So okay. last week was the last week of school. So like last Wednesday right. was the last day. And then this week we had a conference and in this conference, they give you ice cream at, after the day is over on your way out, you get ice cream and I am food motivated. So you tell me there's going to be free ice cream and I'm like, <laughs> sign me up. And when I was signing up for it, I didn't really read the instructions and I had literally just had a speech with the kid about how you need to read the instructions. And I was like, but did I read the instructions? So I went back. No. Read the instructions on the fair on the um conference, and you didn't have to sign up for the whole day. You could just pick and choose what sessions you wanted to go to. And I was like, oh, I was no. gonna literally have myself waking up at like seven a.m. the like June twenty first through twenty third. I'm like, I'm not. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna go if I have to wake up this early. I'm just not going to. So because I read the instructions after telling a kid they need to read the instructions because practice what you preach, I went back and I changed all of my um, sessions for the 1230 slot. 
1230 is a perfect time for me. I can pick up lunch on the way. I can sleep late. I can do random things before I have to go. And I went to each session ready, focused, and paid attention and learned so much in each of the three sections. It was crazy how much I learned. I learned about anxiety. I learned about working with twice exceptional students, which executive functioning, oh my God. And then <laughs> um, today I learned about restorative practical, restorative circles when you're doing restorative justice and stuff like that. And it was like really great. And because it was the first week of summer, most people who signed up didn't show up. So small Ooh. class sizes, so you can get like that one-on-one attention. So you can ask those really kind of stupid questions that you really need answered. And I did that. So that's how I adulted. I participated. <laughs> um, they had the, um, they gave me, you know, the, um, what are those things? Oh my God. What are those cones that have um, the nutty, nutty buddy ones? Not nutty buddy. I can't remember what they're called. No, it's chocolate, peanuts, and the like caramel in the center. Drumstick. Drumstick. Yes, they had drumsticks, which are my favorite. And then they had the, um, they kind of got fancy and had Kit Kat ones. I'm not, I wasn't a fan, but the drumsticks I was there for. And then today they had. You can only get, you can get like one or two each time. So, you know, I got one because oh. I was being careful. No, I just couldn't hold two and dry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just couldn't do both. <laughs> and um, today we had a snow cone machine, um, snow, oh. snow, snow cone truck. So that was really cool. That is so I got cool. I got fit my favorite treat, which is ice cream. And I got to learn things that I can immediately use now or at work in August. So it was really nice. That is nice. That's how I cosplayed. Well, I would say that you did an excellent job of cosplaying like an adult. Um, I would say for me, it would have to be the, uh, it can't be the transition from the Missy Sweets historic Charleston because I put on a show. <laughs> <laughs> why let's go because i was pissed listen um i only stay at hilton's hilton hotel chain (laughs) i only and if if the hilton is 50 dollars more than the marriott i pay the additional 50 dollars. i'm hilton girl that's loyalty i have an expectation you do not meet my expectation now we have a problem and i've what I've realized is as I've gotten older I have less of an appetite for stupidity and failure to perform unless you are a small child I I am at a place in my life where I hold people accountable to what they said they're going to do because people hold me accountable to what I said I'm going to do so if you tell me you're a Hilton brand hotel then I'm expecting Hilton style you know hotel now are there such things as dated hotels absolutely and Hilton has quite a few but what I'm not expecting is to be in a hotel that literally smells like mold I know there's mold in that place there was shitty ventilation as being nice Mm. and um 
And then the whole carpet situation, I was just like, no, this is unsafe. But anyway, that wasn't how I cosplayed like an adult because like I said, I literally put on a show and I call customer service. I sent a message to Hilton using Facebook Messenger. Guess what? They can't see pictures. So they couldn't see what I was seeing because I sent pictures. I was like, mm. you guys will not do this to me ever again. So anyway, cosplaying like an adult was, um, I took the whole week off instead of trying to like go to work on on Tuesday and then rush down here on Wednesday. I think right. that was very adultish. It was, hey, you're going to take four days off because Monday was Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. It was Juneteenth observed. Um, and so we are going to just take Tuesday through Friday off. And we're just going to leisurely roll down to Charleston. And we did. We leisurely drove down. Um, your nephew leisurely kirked out a couple times because it's supposed to be a six-hour ride. <laughs> so my yeah. cosplay was Tuesday morning. I was painting popsicle sticks because I found all these things that you could do with a kid in a car so that they don't lose their mind. And so one of the activities was to get popsicle sticks and put Velcro stickers on them. And, you know, they could, you know, put it together, rip it apart or like squares or make a triangle or whatever. So that's what I did. But this is the interesting part. He did not want to play with them (laughs) at all. He was just kind of like, the hell is this mom? Get this out of my face. So what, I love it. what is like this? Was, it was just kind of like, nope, this is not it. But the one thing that did hold his attention of my many crafting sessions Tuesday morning, because last minute is the best minute, apparently. Um, I <laughs> that is t-shirt worthy. Last minute is the best minute. Um <laughs> I, merch, uh, merch. Yes, merch. <laughs> Do not take my someone's gonna make a t-shirt and I'm gonna be so sad. Um I uh I got a bunch of these little pom-poms like you know the crafty pom-poms that you have that like I'm really trying to show you something but I forgot I had to turn off my camera because my internet connection was unstable <laughs> and Michael's it. you get these little it's just terrible it's so weird and Michael's you get these little um crafty um pom-pom things and there's different colors like um uh what would be a good example I don't know but it's they're literally called pom-poms and they're about an inch in diameter and it's like fuzzy or whatever and so I took the green and blue ones out because I was supposed to separate them by color but then I was just like no he's just gonna throw these all over the car I put them in a little container and I passed in the container I don't know a minute 25 into the ride (laughs) no let me stop we were about two and a half hours in and um, he had just woken up from a nap. So he was kind of like, you better do something with me or I'm, I'm going to show out. <laughs> and I just knew the popsicle sticks were going to be a hit. Aww. And he was like, get this shit away from me, lady. <laughs> but the, <laughs> he's just, I don't want that. He was like, I was just the disrespect. He just like swat. He swats your hand when you have, when you're trying to give him something he doesn't want, he doesn't say no all the time. He just shakes his head and moves your hand out of the way with aggression. I'm just like, you are disrespectful. You need to calm down. So, uh, but these little pom-poms held his attention for literally 45 minutes. He would get upset when he dropped one and he couldn't reach it. Cause like, if you drop it, he'll reach by him to get him. 
at one point he took the container and he dumped it out in his leg and then he shook it and so half of them went down between his car seat and the door oh no game's over can't mommy can't retrieve those (laughs) so when I tell you he had a whole attitude I had to break out Coco Melon because (laughs) him he was very upset he was like hell to the nah big tears i mean he was genuinely upset i am in awe of this story (laughs) just like so um i was pleasantly surprised and um shocked if you will at the fact that not the popsicle sticks but the pom-poms are what kept him entertained and happy genuinely happy he had so much fun with that container and those pom-poms like so much fun you guys gonna be so um, pom-poms for years after this. <laughs> um there's the rest of the bag is at home so yeah um i just hope murph doesn't eat it because that could be a problem so i would say that's how a cosplay like an adult i managed to get a tiny person from Portsmouth, virginia to charleston south carolina with minimal drama a little bit drama but not too much i think that, that was adulting that is now, totally I hope I have adulting. The same, i hope i have the same success tomorrow because we gotta drive back better go to <laughs> michael's and get some more of those pom-poms you need bags on bags on bags <laughs> you're actually you know that there's a michael's down the street that might be the move you need more um, you get like so, three bags you can just here you go here you go here's some more <laughs> so well f it we'll just go clean your dad's car so we have five episodes of coco melon downloaded to the to the um tablet okay because you can't depend on internet as today's episode has shown us and then um <laughs> and then we have the pom-poms the popsicle sticks surprisingly got a little bit more playtime this afternoon um, and then we have a bunch of his love every toys like he just got a new box because he's 19 months so mm-hmm. they they sent the 19 20 and one month box and it has a lock box on it and so it like has different locking mechanisms for him to lock and unlock it's super cute so I put a little car inside and let him unlock it so he can get to the race cart nice but, yeah that was adulting adulting was making that long ass drive mental drama it was it storming no it's just i thought yesterday was the longest day of the year but it's like nine uh, o'clock and i can still see the blue sky technically tuesday, tuesday was the longest day whichever day i don't but know it days depends of the week. <laughs> my bad teacher teacher like i'm officially just like i just know i need to go to a conference three days in a row those three days I don't know but three days in a row all right well today is Thursday I knew that because uh the podcast thing came up on my phone it was like oh record podcast like oh it's Thursday good to know podcast day (laughs) right okay so that's it I adulted it happened I'm glad it happened (laughs) thank you me too So 
for today, we are talking about those unsung heroes. And what exactly is an unsung hero in a podcast, in a food podcast, to be more specific? It's that food that you, for some reason or whatever, you don't make anymore. But when you did make it, or when you do decide to make it, it's always awesome. You're always just like, why don't I make this more? It's never a bad choice. Always a great idea. And you almost always have every single ingredient you need in the house for it. <laughs> that is an unsung hero. Yeah. You can just pull that sucker out and you're like, and we're in done, dinner is done. Today, I realized that a uh, stir fry should also be an unsung hero because dinner was ready in like 10 minutes. I'm like, why do I not make this more? I don't understand. So, <laughs> so another thing about unsung heroes is that sometimes that food just solves all your problems. You're having a bad day. You're like, mm, I'm just going to go make this and everything's going to be fine. And it is. It yeah. really is. You're like, it wasn't that serious. That's serious. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think when we were talking about this episode, like when we were planning it, we were thinking that one of those unsung heroes was Spoonbread. And yeah. when you said Spoonbread, I was just like, mm, what? I don't like Spoonbread, though. I, your manners. Are you crazy? Spoonbread is delicious it is and not. nutritious. It's gross and I don't want it. It's gross. Oh but maybe, because... maybe you just didn't have good spoonbread. <laughs> every time that it's around, it. I try it. I do try every time it's around. I just don't like it. But because maybe I'm that's from Virginia. The problem. You keep trying everybody's spoonbread. <laughs> trying to find one I like. So... <laughs> But the thing is that we live in Virginia and pretty much like one of the staple foods in Virginia, besides Virginia ham, which we've already done an episode on, is spoon bread. Like it, it is legit spoon meat. bread. So <laughs> stop, I can't. <laughs> so and then I was like, okay, what other unsung heroes that we grew up with that maybe I liked and I didn't like? And I literally immediately thought of corned beef hash. That I feel like was mom and dad's unsung hero. Like mm-hmm. with applesauce. Applesauce. And I have got to say, I hate Toast. I hate corned beef hash. I hate it. What? Oh my God, I hate it. Remember, I used to get like the stomach virus all the time when I was a kid. And almost every time I got the stomach virus or sometime around there, the smell of corned beef hash was around. So I equate corned beef hash and stomach virus and all the stuff that go with the um, stomach virus. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't deal with that. I don't, don't want corned beef hash. No. Girl. And I, even if I liked it, I wouldn't do it now because of the whole applesauce thing. Oh, ooh, yeah. ooh, painful, painful. Yeah. Not, if painful. I can't have it together with its, you know, with this correct side dish i don't want it oh my gosh <laughs> like pork so, chops not really my thing anymore because i can't put apples with it i'm good i i we obviously i 2018 i stopped eating all meat but i brought back most i bought, bought back chicken and turkey and all that and you know my thing about bacon and pepperoni and that's about it so i've not had corned beef hash in a very long time mm-hmm. but i will tell you what stopped me from eating it except on special occasions and this is another Hilton story this is hilarious (laughs) um the embassy suites on King Street in Alexandria every Mm -hmm. year when I went to DC for work we used to stay there because my boss really liked that hotel and so we eventually made him transition to um the Homewood Suites on M Street breakfast is not that delicious 
nor is it nutritious. But the <laughs> Embassy Suites on King Street, which is probably, which was my mental model in booking the Embassy Suites Historic Charleston. That was my own fault. That, um, as I continue to dig in, the um, Embassy Suites on King Street in Alexandria always had corned beef hash. Ugh. Oh my God, Ashley, that was literally the only time of the year that I would have corned beef hash. Yeah. And I would dog it. And it's so interesting I say dog it because it basically looks like dog food, but yeah. it's delicious to me. But um, yeah. have you ever read the nutrition facts on a can of corned beef hash? No, because I'm not touching it. Compared, so to, <laughs> compared to the size of the serving? I listen, don't. Listen, people who are still eating corned beef hash, corned beef hash from the can is delicious, I will tell you, but check that sodium level. <laughs> it is like 50% of your daily allowance of sodium wow. for like a quarter cup of corned beef hash. Wow. So now who's measuring how much corned beef hash they put on their plate? I certainly was not. Girl, I eat damn near a whole, not whole can, but about half of it. Mm. Mm. Ew. Okay. No, we're going to stop talking about this. Anyway. Ugh. So <laughs> let's go back to another, ugh, which is spoon bread. And, <laughs> and again, I, if you are listening to an Ashley centric episode, you know, there's going to be tons of history in it. Cause I love it. And the history yeah, of spoon the bread was, was pretty amazing. So our first unsung hero, though, Ashley will not participate is spoon bread. Which is so good. <laughs> And the history of spoon bread is really, really cool. And if you're not sure what spoon bread is, just think cornbread, right? In its amazing glory. That is not an unsung hero because everyone knows cornbread is amazing. But cornbread, spoon bread is basically cornbread, just a little mushier. And I say mushy because I don't like spoon bread and I'm not going to think of a better adjective to describe it as. I'm going to say it's mushier. But um, it's, but it's basically cornbread that is soft enough to eat with a spoon. And the basic recipe is cornmeal mush from either corn, cornmeal mush, um, which is basically cornmeal. And then you add milk or water, depending on whose recipe you follow. And then um, you add some melted butter, some eggs, and then any seasons you're doing, because you can do a sweet cornbread or savory cornbread, or just a kind of one in the middle, whatever, you know, makes you excited about life. And then you pour um that mixture into a buttered cast iron skillet or a baking dish and you bake it until it's set and what makes it different the cornbread is that there's more liquid and in, in cornbread you're not doing a ton of liquids i don't really think you're really putting like unless you're doing jiffy from the box you might have an egg and some oil but yeah but um, jiffy is only a third cup of milk yeah it's not so a it's, lot it's not a lot it's yeah. not a lot and don't judge me that I know how much milk you need for Jiffy like you need a box an egg and a third cup of milk and you're good to go that's literally what I was thinking of and I was like what's the recipe for um (laughs) for Jiffy cornbread that's it it's it's the box and egg and a third cup of milk like what makes cornbread different from spoonbread well let me tell you what the Jiffy box says (laughs) but but no um spoonbread it's the melted butter it's the beaten eggs and the milk or water that makes it gives it that um softer texture and um when it comes delicious so there are two types (laughs) (laughs) of spoon bread um and it all depends on how you treat your eggs so if you beat the eggs whole like you know whites and yellows and all that stuff 
it, it makes it all together. It creates a denser version that's kind of like pudding. And then if you separate the egg whites from the yolks and then incorporate air, you get yourself a souffle, a cornmeal souffle if you want to be fancy with it. So, so that I like was... the pudding version of it ah. because that is how I make my cornbread sometimes. When I'm feeling particularly fancy, I do more of a cornbread casserole and I get the jiffy box. Mm-hmm usually two boxes and I put buttermilk instead of regular milk because it's a little thicker but here is where you get fun with it some sour cream about a cup of sour cream and a can of cream corn okay so you take your pan make sure you get a good size one because you're gonna have some spillage if you don't and you get you a stick of butter put the butter inside the pan put the pan in the oven and let that butter melt while the oven heats up. Go mix all your stuff, your cornbread, your sour cream, your buttermilk, your can of cream of corn, cream corn. And um, by the time you're done mixing, that butter should be melted. Very carefully or you will burn yourself because you take in hot butter and pour cold stuff into it. Pour that delicious, and fatty and high cholesterol mixture into that very hot pan that very it's hot and hot and go bake it and just watch while you pour it just watch the butter just like crackle and you know spray everywhere <laughs> I do love that's that why sound. I said be careful I love that but the butter will also cool on top of the cornbread mixture as well and I'm telling you when you get that out of the oven, and don't ask me how long to bake it, because I don't know. It's going to take a while. It ain't going to be 15 minutes like regular Jiffy. It's going to be somewhere <laughs> between 30 to 45 minutes, because it's good. It's not going to be like hard. It's not going to be as dense. It's going to be dense, but it won't be solid. It'll be semi-solid, but I'll tell you right now, that's some good eating. That lovely cornbread casserole situation, cornbread souffle, whatever you want to call it, is good. I love it. So when it comes to um, spoon bread, um, it technically, not even technically, it is Native American in origin. Um, and settlers in South Carolina commonly called it Owenda or South Owen. Carolina, look at that. Yep. Owenda with an O or Owenda in reference to a local seaweed tribe town where they first encountered spoon bread. And um, recipes similar to the um, spoon bread that was made by the Owenda or Owenda tribe um, began appearing after the end of the colonial period, and um, they were either sweetened for dessert, and when it was sweetened, it was called Indian pudding, or if you use wheat flour, um, it was just a regular savory um, spoon bread. And it was published in the Virginia Housewife by Mary Randolph um, in 1824. And Mary Randolph herself has a pretty interesting, and I don't mean interesting in a good way, history um, that I actually learned about listening to a podcast. And I was just like, hmm, let's, let's lower our mention of her then. Um, <laughs> but the rest we did appear um, in her cookbook. Let me guess. Um, she was not nice to people of color. She was not nice to those who were enslaved and she had this thought on womanhood that you didn't complain about being a mother you were just perfect at it but you know she had oh she know, can kick rocks she had unpaid labor to help her help to help her make her seem like she's happy about it but anyway um 
So she stole somebody else's recipe, so she literally. already rude. Go ahead. And then another <laughs> um, time that a recipe um, that is recognized as spoon bread um, was in the Carolina Housewife, which was a cookbook by Sarah Rutledge in 1847. So we've been, we've known about spoon bread for a while. It's like I said, it's part of Virginia's culture, honestly. Like I can't remember mm-hmm. time when I didn't know about spoon bread. And it wasn't that same in any other southern state that I went to. Maybe South Carolina, I don't know, but I know about it in Virginia. So of course, some fun facts. Um, when it comes to the two types of spoon bread, if you are separating the eggs to create the risen souffle style, it this recipe was actually originated by a French trained enslaved African American chef like James Hemmings. So he took hmm. what he learned from the French because, you know, our presidents like Thomas Jefferson sent their enslaved cooks and chefs to French to be France to be trained to be better in non-paid chefs, whatever. Um, rabbit hole, we're not going down anyway. We're going back. But um, because of the fact that those that were the enslaved chefs were French trained, um, some of our side dishes that are typical to our soul food are basically French inspirations because of how it came about. And spoon bread is one of those things. And then when you're looking at how in America, you know, we're the great melting pot, spoon bread also shows that blending of the indigenous, the European and the African-American cuisines to create a food. So that history of spoon bread, though I don't want it, is pretty amazing. Um, And then there is- delicious. (laughs) whatever and then keep um, saying that chef bill bill neil who's from north carolina wrote that spoon bread is based on the native staple corn the souffle technique is european and it was black expertise that combined ingredients and technique for this aristocratic favorite so shout out to the black folks (laughs) and the indigenous folks the indigenous Indigenous Americans, (laughs) and the french who trained us because they, they didn't have to I'm just saying they could have said no, well, probably they were kind of paid. Probably. I know, but you can still say no. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's money. a whole, it's a whole boat ride, you know, <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't a comfortable one. No, it couldn't have been. So when you think about the whole point of our podcast, which is what that can't have, it's obviously not going to be spoon bread. Cause I don't care if he has spoon bread, what he oh cannot have. I care. He, anyway. What he cannot have is this unsung hero that I can't believe I forgot about. Salmon what? or mackerel cakes. I make those like all the time at home. And it's an unsung hero because it's always a great thing, right? It's always a great choice. Yeah. And the reason why I stopped making salmon or mackerel cakes, I did. I do more mackerel than salmon because I'm still not on the whole salmon train, is that I used to do it with fried apples. And again, oh, yeah. if I can't do the, the correct side dish, I don't particularly want to make it. But doing this the research true. for this episode, I have learned a new side dish, which makes me really happy. So let's get into it. So if you have heard of the word salmon croquets or fish cakes, you you know what a mackerel or salmon cake is. You It's, it's just a fish, um, dried fish, usually canned, add some stuff to it, fry it in a pan, good eats. Um, I can eat salmon cakes. I prefer mackerel, but it's interesting because I don't like fresh salmon. <laughs> if it's in a can, apparently I'm all about it. If you add some sodium to it, <laughs> I'm, I'm all about it. Uh, <laughs> if, it's, if it's well preserved. If it's preserved, oh just count gosh. me in. Um, 
But the thing about um, mackerel cakes, which I'm going to just focus on now, even though it's salmon or mackerel, is that, that it could be breakfast, lunch, or dinner. I mean, you sure can. all you got to do is switch some size. If you, if you want to, you don't if have that. to, you really don't <laughs> have to. Um, and growing up, I remember that mommy stew with fried potatoes too. So mm-hmm. that yes. was like amazing. Um, so traditionally fish is a major dietary component of people living near seas, rivers, and lakes. And, you know, many reg- regional, regional vari- variations of the fish cake have risen because of whatever fish was available. Um, in Asia, Europe, Canadian, Ca- Canada, Canadian, Ca- Canada, and the Caribbean, um, they have their own version of fish um, cakes, we- which is pretty cool. <laughs> I know, just said that all wrong. <laughs> so these countries, Canadian. Asia, European <laughs> countries, Canadian countries, and Caribbean countries have their versions of fish cakes. Yay. <laughs> Read it like it's written. Um, commonly, fish cakes use cod as a filling. And then um, as cod yep. has been depleted because of overfishing, um, they do use haddock or whiting now if you're looking for mm-hmm. a white fish. And then they also use oily fishes such as salmon and mackerel. And if you use salmon and mackerel, it's going to have a different taste than your white fish. And I can honestly say I'm on the whole oily fish side of that argument. <laughs> I mean, if it's, if it's cod, I'm thinking fish sticks. I'm not really thinking like the hardiness of a, of a mackerel. Well. Cake. wait though because when we're in St. Lucia and TT makes fish cakes with salt fish what type of fish do you think you're getting I mean I know I'm getting but it's not the same as when I'm eating a mackerel cake. it's not like yeah the salmon cake is thicker yeah it's like it's I, they're both good but what if I'm like mm-hmm. I really want mackerel and then you give me white fish I'm looking at you like okay clearly you didn't listen to what I was saying oh okay gotcha <laughs> Um, and fish cakes are, um, fish cakes with their officially called could, could literally could be any fish. Um, they are prepared with or without breadcrumbs, um, or batter. They could just be the fish itself and the egg as a binder. And then, um, you typically, if you're looking at more of the European and Asian countries, you use potatoes in the cake itself to help bind it together. Um, yeah. I've never used potatoes. Never thought of it myself. I am definitely a breadcrumbs and a one egg type of girl. Um, I don't even always put breadcrumbs. Sometimes I don't put oh. anything. I just use egg. Nice. So in just North- let it get nice and crispy before you turn it. Yeah, because it's gonna fall apart. Um, in North America, it's a common practice to pan fry the fish cakes, which is what Absolutely. I know we grew up doing, and what I will do. <laughs> Great Grandma Luvinia. That's right. Go to her house. She would fry us <laughs> up some fish cakes and fried apples. Yeah. <laughs> so um, fish cakes are often pan, pan fried here in these here United States. Well, North America. So not just here, these United States. We also have Canada there. And they are often served as appetizers. Canadia. Canadia. <laughs> I keep saying it wrong. I'm sorry to our Canadian listeners. <laughs> so Canada it's also fine north 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 carolina north america jesus Uh. um (laughs) i can't do it but um in asia it is often served boiled and in soups or Mm -hmm. as a part you know to accompany noodles which i thought was pretty cool because i follow a um japanese video blogger and she just shows what she cooks on a daily basis and it took me this episode to realize that that one thing i couldn't identify that she was cooking were fish cakes (laughs) Oh yeah. They just look different because they're not pan fried. Yeah. Um, but they also include fish cakes and udon. They actually have a fish cake soup 
They have fishball mm-hmm. noodles and then just serve them individually as a side dish. So that's really, really cool about um, the fish cakes. And I actually called mom <laughs> when making oh. this episode. I was just like writing up. I was like, mom, what goes in macro cakes? And she was like, what do you mean? I'm like, look, I haven't had it in a while and I want to have it, but I don't know what goes in it. And I was listing off the ingredients. Like you have the actual macro. You have to open the can, make sure you look for those bones. Like don't assume that they're not well, there. They're there. It's the spine. It's the spine that you have to take out. Yeah, but it's there. So don't assume that it's not. <laughs> yeah. All you, so when you open it, what I do is I open it, open the can, and then I slide the fish out into my hand and I put them in a bowl. And then I very gently pick it up. And I usually, usually it has like a line of demarcation where it just like easily falls apart. That line is typically where the spine is. You just want to pluck those um, vertebrae out so that you don't crunch on them while you're eating. The other bones, the tiny, tiny bones, I just leave those alone. By the time you mash it up and cook it, they, they're not a problem. That's true. So I couldn't remember what I was missing. Like I knew you know, mackerel, open the can, take out the bone, well, the spine, salt and pepper, because every dish needs salt and pepper, unless it's bacon. Bacon doesn't need salt. Um, <laughs> conversation I had this week, hilarious one, by the way. Um, oh, whoa, then- <laughs> whoa, 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 pause. You're not going to go past that. Who thinks bacon needs salt? Well, we were having BLTs for dinner, and I put pepper on the tomato, and Shane was like, well, why don't you put salt? I'm like, we're literally eating salt. It's called bacon. It, you don't oh, need, okay. you don't need the salt you just need the pepper and then he looked at me I, he, I looked at him and we were like you're right I'm like thank you um <laughs> yeah, I'm so salt I'm pepper egg and I was thinking about um the bread that you tear up into little pieces because you're going to use it that's going to help as a binder along with your your uh your egg and then I just couldn't we're like what am I missing what am I missing I called mom she's like you're missing the finely chopped onions and green pale peppers when I tell you yeah. the memory, the taste memory just flooded my, I'm like, yes, the green bell peppers mm-hmm. and onions. Yeah. That is what I was missing. So if you want to tackle macro cakes, literally a can. I like the can, was well, the pink can. I think we grew up with because we grew up with colors, maybe not so much as companies. Sometimes just a color that your mom always picked up. Right. Um, <laughs> so you want to start by finally chopping up your onions and your green bell peppers because that's going to be the the longest thing you're, the hardest thing you're going to do in this whole process I promise you open up the can of mackerel take out again take out the spine um and then you just put in a bowl any bowl that's big enough for you to move things around just crack them the egg in there the piece of bread if you don't have bread don't worry about it if you have panko add yeah, that but totally if you don't do have without yeah but if you don't have bread you can still do this you just won't have mm-hmm the bread is fine some salt and pepper and then you mix it by hand and that was my favorite part honestly was putting my hands in the mixture and mixing it all together yeah because once you I do like a a quick mix make sure the egg yolk is broken up then I add the veggies the potato I'm sorry the um green bell peppers and the onion do my final mix start making them into round patty shapes and it's kind of like hamburgers like if you make a hamburger too thick it won't cook think the same thing so think the size of a sausage patty instead of a, ha- of a hamburger and you're gonna have a perfectly good size um, fish cake 
and then you pan fry it. And typically if it's brown on one side, you flip it over. And if it doesn't fall apart on you, great job. <laughs> and if it does fall <laughs> apart on you, it doesn't change the taste. So keep going. Um, right. <laughs> and just make sure it's brown on both sides and add some fried onion um, fried apples if you have them. But also you can add potato wedges or fried potatoes. Mm-hmm. I don't like mm-hmm. frying potatoes because then you have to clean up the fried potatoes. But mm-hmm. I have learned a quick way to make potato wedges where you just take a potato, you cut it up into whatever size bread you want, little flour, little salt and pepper, mix it all together, throw them in the oven for a bit and they come out kind of crispy. And I'm thinking- This is my yuck. I don't like potato wedges. Oh my God, see- I don't know how we're friends. <laughs> Good thing we're related. Thank God for small favors. But um, yeah. Like so, the U-Crops potato wedges that you had a couple weeks ago. So good. The memories. So <laughs> You're not a fan. But no, but if you not take the European version of fish cakes, which uses the potato, if you use that as a side dish here, if you don't want the apples or you don't want to do the um, fried potatoes, you have yourself a pretty hearty meal. And you can always do um, scrambled eggs or hard-boiled egg, whatever egg family you're in, or even some toast. But, you know, with the potatoes, you don't really need toast, but whatever. But you got yourself a meal. <laughs> you have yourself yeah. a hearty meal and fish cakes reheat perfectly in the oven they do or really on the well. stove if you need to. So if you make a lot, and it's in fine. the microwave. I don't like that. I don't like that smell though. Oh yeah. I was about to say, just don't microwave them at work because that. I mean, they're not going to just know what you're doing if you. Oh, (laughs) I don't care. I I do care. Whenever, whenever I make salmon cakes and we take it for lunch for breakfast, because I usually breakfast at my Mm -hmm. desk, inhaling it. I usually microwave it at home because I always feel bad. I don't sit by the microwave, so I kind of feel like I'm sentencing them to smell my food my fish and then I go back into my office and I just get to enjoy <laughs> the fruits of meal. your labor <laughs> right the fruits of my labor and they're stuck with the smell and not everyone enjoys the smell of fish yeah. but seriously an unsung hero a dish that will always get you where you need to be are fish cakes however whatever fish you want in your fish cake if you're going to go the European method the Asian method or the black excellence method it really doesn't matter long as it's up to your taste um it is easier if you do the canned um oily fish just because it's always there in your um in your cabinet is always ready to go you typically have eggs i don't know if you always have green bell peppers but i think if you just have onions it still gives you that little bit of crunch that you need to make it that much more excellent and then um, fried apples, if you can. And if you are those who are not allergic to apples, you can just open up a can of apples and fry them. You ain't got to get like a whole apple fresh. And you ain't got to do all that. I <laughs> love getting an apple fresh, peeling it, chopping it up real quick and sauteing it in my tiny pan. I have a, you, know, you have like the small egg pan and you got a yeah. little bit. My husband doesn't like fried apples my child does mm. so I typically only fry two apples one for me and one for the tiny guy guess who's usually getting some fried apples the big guy <laughs> but um I do love doing I don't like canned apples as fried apples I need a fresh apple yeah but just think um, about that person who's just like I just want this to be quick simple 
you can do fried apple. You can do it from the can. And if you are like, you know what? You're like Amber. You want a fresh apple? It's not that hard to fry it either. You just gotta it's think. Really of, not. Just gotta think about it for a moment. Of someone having a can of fried apples in their cabinet in this day and age, compared to someone having an apple, <laughs> you you're more likely to have the fresh apple. Yeah. Unless think, you're Ashley. She's unless allergic. you're me. But before the allergy came came up, I always had canned apples if I wanted to like make an apple pie, like a mini hand a hand pie with apples, like McDonald's used really? to have. I used to have like canned apples. I'm like, I'm not going to the store to find an apple if I have a canned apple. I have canned apples here. Um, so that's just that. But when it comes to fish cakes, unsung hero. I don't know why we don't make them. I don't know why we don't talk about them as much as we do. But I'm pretty sure we went to Smitty's house and we're like, hey, kick everybody out the kitchen. We're making macro cakes. He's going to be the first person with a plate. <laughs> oh, absolutely. With fried apples, with potatoes. I don't care what size we have. He's going to be like, so, yeah. um, <laughs> is he it time for me to eat? <laughs> right. <Basically>. Exactly. <laughs> so shout out to mom for t- letting me know that I was missing the onions and green peppers. Because I was just like, this, this recipe don't make sense right now. That's what I was missing the veggies um but honestly if you give fish cakes a try if you do mackerel cakes or salmon cakes and use canned fish let us know all about it tell us how you like it how would you jazz it up what would you do differently because that is what i do what do you do okay so i don't put the onions and green peppers in there because i don't have time um (laughs) and if i put i only put a dash of salt because it's canned fish so it already is heavily preserved so don't go insane with the salt a little goes a long way there um but i put garlic powder and onion powder in there as well Mm, okay um along with my pepper and if it's just me eating it i put some red pepper flakes in there for a little bit of heat Mm. and that is and um very rarely do i actually i don't tear up a piece of bread i don't care to do that (laughs) either so it's, it's an egg some seasoning and the fish and then um depending on what's going on if I've recently cooked bacon and I have bacon grease mm. I will fry the salmon cakes in the bacon grease um, I will also use my mandolin to get some nice thinly cut um, potatoes because they cook faster and they get nice and crispy. Mm. I will fry those potatoes in some bacon grease. And then um, because I'm extra and my husband loves biscuits, I usually make (laughs) biscuits whenever I do salmon cakes. So if I tell my husband I'm doing salmon cakes, he immediately says, do I need to go to the store? Because that, (laughs) that means I need buttermilk or maybe I need my preferred brand of butter. I love that. So so um, that's typically whenever we do salmon cakes, um, I do bacon, not bacon. I do the salmon cakes, biscuits, potatoes, and then I'll scramble some egg as well. So that's usually a Sunday breakfast, not Saturday. You're not getting that every day of the week. No. So once a week. Let's <laughs> <laughs> you add that biscuit to it. But um, yeah. for those who really need measurements, and I understand I live that life as well, um, one egg per one can you yeah you don't need a ton one piece of bread or no bread that's fine too and then um like amber said little salt like maybe like half of a teaspoon and even like you know get rid of and do it soup up a half maybe one fourth that's just you don't need a lot of salt you really don't but 
if you want to heat red pepper flakes like amber said or pepper if you do freshly ground pepper it gives you some heat there and you mix it all up by hand if you're someone who doesn't like by hand use two forks Bone. what you're really looking for yeah what you're really looking for is that the egg has been um incorporated into the fish cake the fish itself so you still don't you don't see a huge piece of yolk just sitting up there because that means it's not acting as a binder and that's what you really want that egg to do is act like a binder um and then just make it into a shape of a um, sausage patty put it in a pan that you've heated up with some oil you don't need a ton of oil just a little bit and then just start checking on it after about a minute. And once it looks brown, your version of brown, because <laughs> if you're just as your first time, you might need brown you know, food tastes good. <laughs> just keep checking it, flip it over again. If it breaks apart, it still don't taste good. You fine. <laughs> brown the second side and then enjoy. It is an unsung hero because it's going to work with whatever you have <laughs> and it's going to be great. Well, you can and do it with asparagus if you want to be healthy and throw a veggie in there. You can do it with ketchup, or... which is a sauce, as we've learned. <laughs> <laughs> throw that. And if you are not of the, okay, I'm not, I don't want to try a fish cake and I want to do something from this episode. You can always go ahead and make yourself some spoon bread, I guess. Spoon bread. Listen, do the salmon cakes with some asparagus, <laughs> roasted asparagus in the oven. Like we talked about roasting veggies is always great. And then um, get you some spoon bread with <laughs> butter all over it. Mm. That'll be a delicious lunch or dinner. I'm just saying. It will be. It will be excellent. So again, you got spoon bread, which is a unsung hero for those of you who participate in that. And then you also have your fish <laughs> cakes. And if you're from Virginia, you know, there's a spoon bread bistro in Richmond. So I'm guessing if you're going to try spoon bread for the first time and you're in Richmond, I maybe go there and tell me what it is, how it is, because I'm still, I still haven't found spoon bread that I want to eat. But cornbread, I'm all about it. I'm an enthusiast <laughs> and I can tell Jiffy from non-Jiffy and I'm not judging you if you use Jiffy because Jiffy is, is, is a good thing for a reason. A that blue job. box is iconic for a reason because exactly. they do a, they do their job well. <laughs> and they do. They really All right, do. Vixis. They got it down to a science. <laughs> Anything else you want to add, Vixis? Bone bread is delicious. What? <laughs> nope that's it for for me um yeah all right well you can find us on the social medias of under stuff our dad can have this that's who we are on instagram email and facebook and um again if you give any of our recipes or any one of our food history topics a try please let us know and we are always looking for recipes to try out and thank you for listening goodbye <laughs> Howdy, 5,000 peace. <laughs>